please stand and join me for the call to worship. This is God's world. To us is given a vision of nations and races, lands and people joined together in love. Praise be to God, the creator, in whose image we are created. We come to celebrate and renew that vision, opening ourselves to the one who is its source and its living fire. We affirm in Christ that we can be and are one world and one family, working together to manifest God's rule in the lives of all people. be seated. Let me welcome you to worship here at Southside Baptist Church this morning. Whether you're guests or members, we're delighted that everyone is here as we gather together and worship the one true and living God. There are those who may be guests with us though, and we would like to have a record of your attendance. In the pew rack in front of you, you'll see a card there that you can fill out if you would be so kind as to do that for us. We'll have a record of your attendance and can contact you if you would like or on the other side of that is a place for you to write a prayer concern if you have one that you would like to include on our prayer list here at the church 
Southside Baptist Church is a church here in the heart of Five Points, building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. And certainly a part of that is to uh, worship here together and to welcome one another and to welcome one another with arms open wide as we are representatives of Christ, but also as we welcome you in the name of Christ. Today we also want to do that by passing the peace of Christ. So if you would, take a moment and do that and welcome those who are here today both members and guests alike. We also welcome those who are visiting with us or worshiping with us via live stream. We're glad that you're here and hope that this time of worship will be uplifting to you. If the uh, children that are here would come forward, we'll have our time together too. Someone turned the mute on. I wonder who did that. Not you, huh? No, I think I know exactly who did it. Sorry. Well, I don't have our other microphone today, so I'll have to uh, use this to talk with you. But I wanted to talk to you about something that is going on this weekend. Uh, it's a special celebration. I just have to my coffee. What is it? Tell me, tell me again. Observance of uh, MLK Day, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and as we observe that, we remember uh, what he did, but also the fact that what he was what he was uh, promoting was that we're all brothers and sisters, that we're all equal before God, that we are to be loved, and and uh, there are two more coming in. Well, actually, four more. <laughs> so, good morning. Glad that y'all are better. Willow, 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 and Jade, and uh, that y'all are feeling better. They had had the flu, and so they're back with us. And I know mom and mom and dad are really happy they're over the flu, too. So, uh, but we're glad that you're here. 
Well, that's a special day, and it lets us know that, that we think about what uh, Dr. King preached, and that was that it was a message of, of hope, but also a message of love, love for all people, love for one another. Now, I want to ask you something, what, if you know what this is. It's a dish. What kind of dish is it? What did you say? You said casserole. I didn't have to prompt you. Have you been cooking? Well, sort of. You have. Sometimes. Been making a casserole. Well, this is a casserole dish, and it's, uh, we talk about um, the Baptist church especially, but all churches, I think, in all neighborhoods, uh, love to fix casseroles and take them to, to different people, especially when someone is sick or when someone arrives in town, maybe they're brand new to the neighborhood, a casserole is cooked. And why do we do that? What's the reason we do that? If someone is sick in our congregation and, and they don't have anyone there and they don't have any food, what do we do? We carry some food and there's always a casserole. This is sort of symbolic, if you will, of, in a way, if, if, there were, if there was a casserole in it, uh, of, of love. It is carried because we love them and we want them to know that and we want them to have what they need and to be encouraged and to be well and to soon be back with us if they're part of our church family or back with their church family or at least be able to function in their community. So we do that because everyone is loved by God. Now, we have ways of doing that without casseroles too, don't we? What are some ways that we can demonstrate that or we can show God's love without making a dish. A text. What? A text. I'm sorry, I don't understand. Oh, a text. <laughs> a text. I do know what a text is, but I, I didn't. Uh, I thought it was test that you were saying. I said, no, I don't think we give them a test. They're not going to know they love. Uh, we might. But anyway, that's true. You send them a text, say that you love them. Or... We might get them a card, send them a card, um, and let them know. The main thing is to know that everyone is loved by God. And if everyone is loved by God, that means that God expects us to love each other too, right? And when we have opportunities to express that by asking about them, sending words of encouragement, carrying something to them if they need it, then that's a way that we demonstrate that. So we can all do that, because I know that you can all text, and Millicent can cook. So we're going to, we know that she can, she can cook too, and I know that others, others of you probably can too. So we'll, we want to ask the Lord to help us know how we can do those things and to remind us that when we see someone who needs something, that we try to do our best to help them. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings that we receive. Help these children today to know that you are with them, that you love them, but that you also love everyone around them. May we be your presence, and may we nurture these children in, the, in your ways. May we all love one another, easy, even if you have loved us.
Our first scripture lesson today is Psalm 40, verses 1 through 11, and I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you planned for us, no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, Here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, as you know, O Lord. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and salvation. I do not conceal your love and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, O Lord. May your love and your truth always protect me. This ends the reading of the word. second reading today is found the gospel according to John the first chapter verses 29 through 42 it is John the Baptist after having baptized Jesus seeing Jesus come toward him and sees him and calls him uh, by his name Jesus the Lamb of God in honor of the gospel would you please stand as it's read if you're able The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will, be bab- who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testify that this is the Son of God. The next day John was there again with two of his disciples. 
when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. Then the two disciples heard him say this. They followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two men who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which translated is Peter. This is the word of the Lord. seated. I ask that you would join me in prayer. Eternal and almighty God, you have created us for yourself and for one another in a world of your own making. You're the Lord of lords, the God above all gods. You are our Lord and God. You are the light into our path, for without you we would be and dwell in darkness. You're the strength of our life and provide the strength we need to resist temptations as we live our lives daily. Thank you, Lord, for your continual presence with us, for your mercy, for your grace, for all the provisions you make for us throughout life and especially through your son, Jesus the Christ. Oh Lord, we come before you acknowledging that we stand at a place where we find the ground level, for we are all equal before you. We come before you asking that you would forgive us of our sins, that you would cleanse us from all iniquities and transgressions, that you would help us see within our hearts to the dark places those that only your spirit might reveal to us and that in so doing, we would confess our sins to you, knowing that you are just and you will forgive all of our sins. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would help us as we seek to learn more, to walk in your presence daily. We ask that you would enable us to speak and to do the things we are to do in obedience to, to your calling to be the voice when you call us to be your voice, to be your hand when you call us to be your hands, to do so even when it's not convenient nor the most popular thing to do. May our response be one of love and commitment, love and commitment to the one who has called us 
and it teaches us to love day by day. Lord, we come, it has already been expressed in Sunday school classes and other places today. We pray for, for our nation and for the great divide that we seem to find ourselves in. We pray for wisdom. We pray that everyone might conduct themselves with civility and with a sense of love toward one another. We ask, Lord, that in some way you might permeate the, the hard outer shell of our hearts, that we might see and respond to those around us with an understanding that you have made us all in your image and you love every person regardless of their ideology, regardless of where they may come from, regardless of what they have or do not have, that you love us immensely, even infinitely. And above all, you love us unconditionally. We pray, Lord, for those in positions of leadership nationally, internationally, at our state and local levels. May you guide their thoughts and may you help them to use good and godly wisdom that brings about positive results for all of your people. We thank you, Lord, for this weekend in which we do remember one who gave his life in trying to rectify the wrongs of the past, to demonstrate your love, to show that we all are equal in your sight, regardless of our skin color. We pray, Lord, that today, for those that are among our family of faith that are sick, affirm that you might be with them, that you would encourage them and bring healing to their bodies, that they might be restored and live the life that you've created them to live. We pray for those who are mourning today, the mourning of loss of loved ones and those in their families, those that are in our communities. Bless them and lift their spirits and may your peace bring comfort to their souls. We come praying too for those who have spiritual needs today, for those who are wandering and seem to be at a place of deep and dark despair. May the time of worship today be a time when we can demonstrate your love for one another and our devotion to you in a way that brings wholeness to them as well. We pray, O oh Lord, for all these things that have been mentioned, and we ask that you would hear us as we pray, even as Jesus taught us to pray when he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
us, um, makes us want to rest <laughs> in his presence. Wow. Thank you all. Those moments don't just happen. They are moments that come together because of um, a lot of hard work, but also because of the Lord's presence and blessing upon those who are dedicated to do those, to use your gifts in the way that you, that you do. And for that, we're grateful. You know, today as we look at this text, it's one that is familiar in a way, but it's also um, one that can cause us to scratch our heads a bit in the way that we think about um, what's going on with John the Baptist. What's he saying when he says all these words that are seemingly, um, well, he's taking a back seat. He's pushing the one out that needs to be out front, and he's saying, this is the one I told you about. He's here. Now, I titled this um, Unbridled Curiosity because I know that we have a congregation of very curious people. Not, cu not peculiar, curious. There's a difference. You're curious in the sense that I know how all of you've lived your lives and you live them in a way that you always are learning and exploring and trying to understand. And to finding more ways or different ways and to understand more about what it is that God is saying to you about your own life. And Lord knows most of us have lived the greater part of half a century in our own lives. And so we've got a lot of experiences to hope to build upon. Some say that curiosity is a blessing. Others say too much of it's a curse. Others even say that it's maybe a virtue. I would say maybe some of all. We've all heard that curiosity killed the cat and things like, well, you know, his curiosity is going to get the best of him. It's going to be his undoing in the end. And I know that his parents... If you, have, if you are a parent, that you know the panicked feeling when your child wanders away and they're supposed to be at your side and they're not there, and when you do find them, they look at you like, what is, what's the big deal? I was just looking around. I wanted to explore. I wanted to find out. If you're not a parent, you probably remember your curiosity getting you in a very tough spot at some point in time. One that you didn't think would develop as it did, but nonetheless it did. But we certainly do not want to squelch, to squash, to diminish in any way the curiosity that children have, that we have, that people around us have. Because that curiosity, that desire to learn, to investigate, to, to grow is what we're all about as individuals. If we're not growing, in some way, we are dying. And if we're not growing spiritually, in some way, we are dying spiritually. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that we are dying totally of our spirituality, but we're not living it vibrantly. We're not living it with the kind of joy, the, the intensity that God intended for us to live. Some of us are just hanging around to see what's the next whatever's going to happen next. There was a sign in the window of an English company that said, we have been established for over 100 years. We have been pleasing our displeasing customers ever since. We have made money and lost money. 
suffered the effects of coal nationalization, coal rationing, government control, and bad payers. We have been cussed and disgust, messed about, lied to, held up, robbed, and swindled. The only reason we stay in business is to see what happens next. So why are we here? Why do you come every week to this place to worship? Is it just to see what will happen next? Or is it that there's something there that is you're curious about to say, I know that there's something there because the Spirit of God is there, and I want to learn more, and I want to see how this might change the life, my life and those around me. In our text today, we see where the curiosity of two disciples of John the Baptist served them well. But not only them. For remember, these were the first two that were called, and it was from them that all the followers came to be as Jesus went forth and called others. One of those was Andrew. When John the Baptist said to, to his disciples there, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. They had their curiosity piqued. What does this mean? It takes away the sin of the world. If you notice when you read that, it's not plural sins, it's sin. It's the idea that it's all those things that have, are in contradiction. The reality of that presence of of a systemic kind of sin that pervades all. He takes that away, but he takes it away only as those of us who are called to follow take up the mantle and follow. These disciples have their curiosity peaked and they go and he asks them a question, what do they want? And they say to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? He said to them, come, and you will see. The word that's translated there, this, really the accurate translation is not so much staying as it is abiding. John uses abiding all through his gospel. Abiding has a, a much stronger and weightier meaning than does staying. Abiding has that sense of, of being present, a part of, engaging in, living with, alongside of. And so they're asking this, where are you abiding? And they go and they stay with him that day, all day. They're curious. They want to have that curiosity fed, and they want to learn, and they want to know more about who this is, that John, our follow, the one that we're following, has said, look, you go after him because he's the one I've been telling you about. I sort of feel for John the Baptist, don't you? Yes, he's done his job, but at that point in time, he is saying, well, this is the vision that I had. This is what is supposed to happen. You go and you become who he tells you to become. Follow him. Do what he says. Well, they obviously do because the curiosity that they have is it's not about them. It's about Jesus. They spend that day with him. They learn all they can. And immediately, 
After that, what does Andrew do? He runs to tell the one that is closest to him, his brother, that they have found a Messiah. You've got to come and see this one that we found. All the mystery has now been resolved. This is the one. Come and see. You know, this unbridled curiosity that they had, which I believe it really was, leads us also to ask questions about God as we seek to understand. We ask those questions about God and about life. We do so to make sense of the creation that we live in, the wonder of all that, that we see before us. And yet we know that even with the vastness of all that is, God loves even you, even me. Think back through the Bible at all the people who had such curiosity to follow and to learn about what was around the next corner, what was down the road a long way. You go back to Abram, Sarah, Isaac, Rebecca, Jacob, and Rachel. And on to the New Testament, uh, or, and we think about the early church fathers, the disciples, the apostle Paul. All through church history, we've seen people who had that, that curiosity to learn and to know and to not only know it, but to apply it and to apply it in ways that made a difference in people's lives. It was not just about one salvation. It was about a life that is full and rich and as the choir just saying, at peace with God. At peace and at rest, knowing that they're safe and secure with him. The early church fathers, as I mentioned earlier, and the leaders of the Reformation, countless religious leaders, the one that we, whose holiday we celebrate this week in observance, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, following Jesus when he invited them to come and to see. Come and see. They learned from him and they were compelled to do those things on behalf of others, which is what we too are taught. When we follow and become one of those that abides with Christ, the truth of all he is begins to totally fill us in a way that our bodies, our whole being cannot contain it. And out of that overflow is that which speaks to others, addresses the issues of the day. It is what we might think of as the means whereby we engage in community and we see the injustice, we see the poverty, we see all the other social ills that are there and we are able to out of that overflow to address it because we are at peace, we are whole. That does not, is not something that needs to make us whole, we already are. But we can provide that which is the love of God, the resources, the hope that is ours in him. You know, Teresa Avella, who was so instrumental in her uh, through her book, The Interior Castle, that talks about our lives as different rooms that we go into and we see it and we understand it based on those different rooms in that house. And we go to find that most interior place. But she also is 
well known for the prayer that she, <clears throat> she offered where she says, <clears throat> Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ looks compassion into the world. Yours are the feet with which Christ walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which Christ blesses the world. She reminds us that our calling is one to be engaged in the lives of those around us. That we are not to be insulated from, separated away from. And it might do us well to think about one of the speeches that Dr. King gave at the, in one of his churches. We talked about his legacy what he would be remembered for. And he says the, this, may we be found to be so faithful in telling the truth that others will know our commitment to Jesus and they will desire to experience faith for themselves. And he goes on to say this, yes, if you want to say that I was a drum major, say that I was a drum major for justice, say that I was a drum major for peace, I was a drum major for righteousness, and all of the other shallow things will not matter. I won't have any money to leave behind. I won't have the fine and luxurious things of life to leave behind, but I just want to leave a committed life behind, and that's all I want to say. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he's traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. If I can do my duty as a Christian ought, if I can bring salvation to a world once wrought, if I can spread the message as the master taught, then my living would not be in vain. And so I say today, may we all be able to say that as we live out our lives, knowing that we have influenced others for the cause of Christ, spreading the love as we have experienced it through him. Would you bow with me, please? Oh, Lord, for all of your mercy and grace, we give you thanks. For the reminder of how you have created us to be inquisitive and to know and to question, to wonder, to take in all that we experience and to know that as we do, that there's more, there's more to experience. There's more to see. Bless each person this day. And as we come to this time of, of commitment, may we respond, whether we make a public statement or not, we all respond in some way. May we make a commitment to live for you in ways that make a difference in other people's lives. In your name I pray, amen. Our hymn of promise is number 496, Footsteps of Jesus. Would you stand and sing? I'll be here at the front if there are those who would like to make a decision, but come forward if you would.
please join me in prayer. Our gracious God, we thank you for this moment of being here in this time of worship. We've been reminded to be curious. And then that as we examine that curiosity, we come before you thinking, what can we give? What can we do? What can we be to make sure everyone understands and everybody experiences your unconditional love? So as this time, as we come to this time of offering, may we think deep within our hearts and our souls and give you what you deserve most, our unconditional and undivided love. In Christ's name we pray. Loving and almighty God, we present these tithes and offerings. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would receive them, that you would bless them and multiply them. 
May we always use them for your good work in this community and beyond. Amen. Be seated for just a moment, please. I want to introduce to you some of you already know. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I just want to come here. You can stand if you want, and you can. Everybody can see you, but you don't have to. This is Ben Campbell. Some of you've already met Ben. He's uh, a member at South Roebuck Baptist Church and wants to move his membership here at the Southside by transfer of letter. He lives currently at the Greenbrier, which we don't have anyone there now, so um, we do now. We do now. So we're glad that you're here. He comes wanting to be received, so you look around at everyone, all those who pledge to be a, be a part of his life, to uphold and love him and be a part of that. Let it know by lifting your hand. So you see all these folks, we will uh, pledge our love and support to you in the days ahead. For those who may be guests, we're glad that you're here today visiting with us, but also for members and guests alike, please linger long enough that we can share together uh, some lemonade and cookies there and, and maybe uh, catch up on some things going on with you. Um, as we uh, depart today, we will remember we have activities this week, but they're a little bit different. We don't have deacons meeting tonight, which is a normal uh, uh, on Monday because of the holiday. We do have our trustees and church conference on Wednesday, but do not let that deter you from coming Wednesday night. I know that um, sometimes people tend to shy away from those kind of events, but Wednesday night we have our regular prayer time and our fellowship supper prayer time and then our business meeting follows. So hope you'll come and be a part of that. If you will, after the service, I'm going to ask, just sit right here on the front row, Bill, and then they can come by, people come by and greet you, okay? We're glad you're here. And now, may the love of God the Father, the grace of Christ our Savior, and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen.